All right. Are you in pursuit of mastering consistent sales and nailing that offer positioning or building an unstoppable team? Well, you're in the right place. Today's episode holds a special place in my heart. Our guest is not just an industry expert. He's the silent catalyst behind the very creation of this show. Without his inspiration and guidance, the show would probably never exist. He's the man behind predictable sales. He is an expert at marketing, messaging, and harnessing the power of social media and Facebook groups for business growth. It's an honor to introduce Chris Morrison, man. What's up? How are you, dude? Pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. That was a true I did not expect. I did not expect that this to be something that I had any input on um, for existing, but it's kind of cool to hear that, man. I figured that would be a curveball for you. I figured that would be a curveball yeah, for totally. you. See, I mean, you t- <laughs> you told me you told me to start the Facebook groups, and then you told me to start interviewing people, and I found that that was just a major passion of mine. So I just I've kept going, and I've scaled it up. We're interviewing like at least ten people a week now, man. So you you kicked oh, wow. that off. So thank you for That's that. That's crazy. Yeah, it's awesome, man. At ten people a week's a lot. Good good on you. Absolutely, man. So let's get right into it. I know you're big on tracking because we used to work together. So anybody out there that's not tracking their numbers, what are they doing wrong? Uh, well, I think at a high level, um, all good business decisions are made from data. All bad decisions are made from emotion. Um, I'm not sure you'd define it as doing wrong. I would just define it as doing it incomplete. You aren't doing anything complete if you're not running it through the filter of um, a system where you can very clearly see what you need to improve or what you need to accelerate in some way, shape and form. Um, in a lot of cases, I don't think many people fully understand uh, what's really working, what's really not going right in their businesses. Um, in order for someone to be able to improve, you must measure what exists. As an example of this, right, I think you mentioned that there's a, a, a lot of real estate agents that might possibly watch this because of your own past experience and the, the work that you do now at the same time as well. Um, for a long time, I did commercial real estate. And at that point in time, it was really interesting. I started out doing cold calling, as most agents naturally do. Um, the way I would improve the amount of listings I would get was very simple. It was just work out how many people I would have to speak to to actually secure a listing, how many people I'd have to speak to to actually secure an appointment, how many people I would have to call to actually speak to people in the first place as well. Um, And then after that, once I can see the common conversion rates on each different area of call to um, speaking to someone, to appointment, to listing appointment, to listing close, then I can work out what are the main variables that are preventing me from doing this quicker, easier, better, or at higher conversion rates with better quality clients or something to affect that at the same time as well. as a natural consequence of knowing what isn't going well, it's pretty easy to work out if you pull a certain lever, you'll be able to actually create a much um, like profitable is the wrong word, but a much more consistent or um, predictable way to actually produce the type of outcomes that you want, irrespective of whatever the outcomes are. Um, this same I guess thesis goes towards anything that you want to actually have control over, right? Numbers tracking and um, KPIs are the, they're the language of control when it comes to anything that you want to actually change in any way, shape and form, right? You want to um, get ripped in the gym. You want to be tracking your macronutrients. You're going to be tracking your, uh, the, 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 the actual workouts you're doing all the stuff as well, right? Without that, your, making the system based off uh, feeling and emotion based instead of actual data, right? Um, as you get on, right, you can make changes based off uh, wisdom, which usually comes from tracking things in the past. I know that in the past when I've done uh, body composition styled changes in my life, uh, you get to a point where you can start, you know, you, 
you, you, you can know what the size of a piece of chicken breast is or whatever it is, right? Because you've, you've cut so many in the past, so you can very clearly see that. And now you can, without a scale, measure things because you can see and you get a feel for it. Um, but when you're taking it really seriously, like for bodybuilding competition or something, you need to go back to tracking and measuring at the same time as well. So anything in your life that you need to have um, control over, knowing what is preventing you from getting quicker, better, or um, easier results, or even understanding whether you have a benchmark for um, good versus bad, and whether you might already not understand that you're doing good and just need to actually throw more money at something, right? Like um, another really, 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 really common reason why having numbers is really helpful and effective is like right now we have a, a great sales team on board the problem is not conversion rates and sales teams it's actually that there needs to be more money thrown into getting more lead flow if that makes sense right or um something to to to, to the effect of producing more people for them to speak to in some way shape and form so that they can use the amazing skills that they already have however if i were to review and consider um what the gut feel would be, it would be like, oh, these guys just need to be better at sales or whatever it is, right? But in reality, it's that they need some more people for them to speak to. The quickest and easiest way to do that in a lot of cases is, is the pay advertising. That's what you do, right? So. Absolutely, man. So, I mean, if anybody out there is not currently tracking, what would you recommend that they start tracking? And then how do they analyze the data? Super contextual, man. If you could give me an example of someone who's a, uh, possibly listen to this so I can actually give an mm -hmm. idea as to what to try, right? Because I wouldn't want to give something that, that, that that's worthless, right? Absolutely. So let's start with probably the main niche audience, which would be real estate agents. So maybe somebody calling for listings or something along those lines. Okay. Dep it, it, it kind of depends on what they're doing too, right? Um, when I say what they're doing, specifically me, how are they producing listings in the first place anyway is the first question. So it, whether it's cold calls, whether it's paid advertising, whether it's referrals, whether it's – there could be a multitude of different ways they're doing it, if that makes sense, right? Um, all you want to know is whatever the input metric is, the first part of it, whatever your real estate partner is, you want to make sure you know what it is. Because um, everything past that's probably going to be fairly known, right? So, like, if uh, listing is the goal, then it's listing your listing appointment behind that would be appointment to actually get them on the phone in the first place and behind that would be whatever your lead generation source is. Um, so they would be the four main things that I would track. So like listing, listing appointment, call um, or whatever it is, like the, the first person you speak to to book the listing appointment. Um, and whatever comes before that it would, would determine the other metrics that you would actually track, right? So if it was cold calls, it would be calls, pickups, appointments, right? So that will give you a really clear insight as to how many people pick up when you call them on average, on certain days and everything else as well. Um, and then if it were, say, something like email or whatever it is, it would be email, open rate, reply versus appointment offer stuff as well. Um, it really depends on the lead generation source. What are most of the agents that you're speaking to doing? Um, if we're going for listings, probably cold calling is what I would recommend most people do because it's probably the most likely one to have success with mm -hmm. as long as they do it. As long as they do it. That's an for important caveat. <laughs> for, for residential or commercial? Uh, residential. I wouldn't think there's a ton of commercial listeners here, but there may be a few. Okay. Um, yeah, if, 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 if it's cold calling and the problem is you don't have enough listing appointments right now, right? Like uh, the solution is definitely get on the phone and work out how many people it takes for you to actually get a listing appointment. How many, how many people do you have to call to get a listing appointment is essentially the idea. Once you do that and you know how many listing appointments it takes you to get a listing, you can very, 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 very clearly set your week and month, day up, whatever it is to be able to achieve as many listing appointments as you'd need in between now and Friday for you to get the listings you need that week, if that makes sense, right? And once you've done that and you understand the numbers to a point where you can say, okay, cool. If we dial 38 people, which would be in a fucking, a, 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 
ridiculously low number to get a listing. I'm just throwing a number out there. Um, depending on where the leads came from too, right? You could like, uh, this is assuming you don't already have a, like a past pipeline and everything else there at the same time. So this is like a newer agent or if it's someone that's uh, a little bit um, more experienced, you might have a, you know, five years worth of data of people that you've spoken to in the past five years where you could go and actually, you know, bring people to them. Something I've done in the past in, in, in commercial is um, uh, I would farm people with money to them and cut deals that way, if that makes sense, right? So like to my existing list, I would farm deals to them and just say, hey, there's people that want to buy this. This is the price they want to pay and they're willing to put something down now. So I'll pre-negotiate things and bring it to a bunch of different buyers to make it really easy for them to actually, um, to a bunch of sellers, sorry, to make it really easy for them to make a decision. And I'd, make, I'd get a lot more across the line a lot quicker at the same time as well. Um, it takes a lot to build that initial pipeline up. But the idea is, if you can understand the numbers back to front from like how many it takes to get that appointment in the first place, pipeline's a different story. But then you can scale it by bringing other team members in under you and you just get to train them up or you get the privilege of training them up on being able to actually go from if they make this many dials, then you can train them on how to ensure that they can actually um, uh, could get somewhere close to what you did by documenting the procedure and, you know, giving them the insight, listen, getting them to listen to your calls and uh, mimic what you do, understanding your beliefs and, and, and habits and behaviors around that at the same time as well. Um, that That's probably the, the, the biggest things I would be tracking and the way I'd be thinking about it because, um, one of the biggest things I love to tell people is that well, one of the biggest um, lessons or, or, or pieces of wisdom to share is like tracking isn't for you. Tracking is for your future team or team that exists right now. So you, when you bring them in, they fully understand what it is that they're actually going to be um, trained on and what the benchmarks are going to be for them so that you can actually get out of the day-to-day yourself and into some form of uh, higher importance task that you would most likely like to be doing okay so when somebody's tracking their activities um how do you define whether or not they're taking the right activities like let's say they're not having the results they're looking for when do you know when to pivot or you just always stay firm uh, in tracking I'm not necessarily tracking. Like, how do you utilize tracking to know it's time to try a different lead generation activity? Um, well, I'm not sure if it's it, – give me a second to think about that because um, I'm not sure that tracking would ever determine when a different lead generation activity would be applied. I think the best lead generation activity is the one that you'll commit to. Uh, I have the courage to commit to for a long period of time. So I don't necessarily think that the actual lead generation method itself would would, would change in any way, shape, or form. Um, in my opinion, I think it would be more um, what would happen past the lead generation method that you could determine might need changing in, any, in some way, shape, and form, right? So let's assume that you, you notice a very big drop-off in your um, listing appointment to, like, to actual listing or whatever it is, right? Like after three months, you can see there's a huge dip in that. The only way that I would say change the lead generation in any way, shape, and form would be if you were calling upon people that you actually knew were quite low quality for what you're trying to achieve, right? Like people without money, people people who don't really want to sell, people uh, who are interested or committed to changing, whatever it is, um, then you could possibly change the strategy based on whatever it is that you're doing for the lead generation in the first place to make sure that you can actually be focused on uh, reaching out to more people who would ideally already be interested in the situation for that, um, as opposed to sh- trying to shoot fish in a barrel, if that makes sense. But you can only do that after a couple of months and seeing what the main averages are and all the stuff as well. Okay. Absolutely, man. That makes tremendous sense. Um, so let's talk more about like a real estate agent or a brokerage owner that's starting to build a team. I know that your skill set in particular is actually a perfect fit for these people. Could we talk about how they sure. could start utilizing Facebook groups and direct messaging campaigns and just utilizing your personal Facebook wall in order to attract more business their way. 
Um, just so I can answer the question correctly, um, is this in context of building a team or is this in context of just using it to produce opportunity for themselves? Definitely in the context of building a team. I think this is going to work a lot better in a business to business than in business to customer, although I could be wrong there. Um, but I think it's a lot easier to track agents and customers on social. Um, I mean, I could definitely give you a different insight to that. Right? Like I have, a, I have a real estate friend who here in Australia has Sydney. It, it's essentially a Sydney property investing group that he created on Facebook mm-hmm. where he brings a lot of people in who are investors who want to invest into residential or people who want to sell in residential at the same time as well. And he brings people in to actually um, – what he brings people in and shares the updates the market, shares deals and all sorts of stuff as well. So my opinion on the way that – Residential real estate agent could use it for their actual listings is the same as you would for a team or whatever it might be in the first place. B2C works just as good as it does a B2B in this for sure. Um, it's just about getting those people into the group more than anything else. It doesn't change the strategy at all. Um, however, for B2B, right, like the idea would be um, actually, funnily enough, I think. I, if these guys are residential, I actually think that Facebook groups for building a team, whatever it is, probably wouldn't be a good strategy, in, in my opinion. Uh, Not really. Actually, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it would be a very good strategy for um, building a team specifically. Uh, I mean, it could if you angled it toward, like, using it as a biz-off opportunity group mm-hmm. where essentially it's designed as recruitment group in particular that's designed for real estate fees off if that makes sense like that, mm-hmm. that could definitely make sense um, but you could probably use more your profile for that for 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 the the, the team building type stuff um, i think the best way you would use a group for building a team if you were to use one is to use it like it were selling a, selling a future in like a biz off the same way you'd sell the idea of an airbnb if that makes sense right like uh with the intention of sharing how much um you know training you do with your team right now how much money your existing team are making or how much um the uh, the opportunity you guys have is getting others out there and showing why most real estate estate brokerages do a really bad job of being able to actually prevent the agents from from losing in the market or whatever it is right that would like that would be the only way you could use a group to do that if it were done in a bizarre sort of way. Um, but I don't think that negates the the benefit for using it for B two C too. Because in my opinion, what I'd actually do if I were that brokerage owner, I would actually have a group that covers each of the respective provinces or areas that we work in that we want to sell properties in. Um, that I would have an agent from that area or agents from those areas managing and running. So they're updating the market and giving insight and all sort of stuff as well. Um, while also using profiles and all sort of stuff too, to actually just share updates in the market, share um, recent uh, findings in different ways to invest or whatever it is at the same time as well for people who want to actually invest in the things and then share um, the speed at which um, you were able to sell houses for other people or the, um, the, the, the way in which you removed 90% of the pain points for people selling, making it really easy for them to actually be able to just pack their house up and fucking move without the year's worth of pain that most people typically tend to go through. Um, and just share the stories of, 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 of people who had a much easier experience of life working with you as opposed to someone else. You could definitely do both. It's not, either, it's not either, or it's, it's, um, it's way both and when. Right? Like if, if I was a brokerage owner, I'd be looking to have probably a couple of different groups. Uh, the, 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 the B2C ones based on like insert, uh, insert province name or whatever it is, property group or um, property investing or whatever it is to the effect of that. If, it depends on if you're looking for um, 
uh, investors or sellers, right? Because you could do it for buyers and sellers as well, in my opinion. Um, and if it was for, for, for sales, it could be like insert, insert area. So like Wisconsin real estate investing, selling, if that makes sense, right? Um, for the, 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 the average homeowner. You could even call it that, if that makes sense. Um, and you just share all the best deals that are going on at the moment, how to get financing, how to do all the stuff themselves so they can come prepared really fucking easy to actually get um, all the the easiest, quickest, highest amount of money with the most leverage, a way to sell their house. Um, and then for the investor, the same way at the same time too, right? Like how do they get a deal, um, and something that's already going to be positive and for themselves it's not going to be negatively geared and all that stuff too um, and then for the agent the, the separate group which would be the one where it would be the biz op where you would have a brokerage owner who is sharing all these success stories of agents who are in their team right now where they are uh, making a significant amount more because like real estate agents care about five things right? you know, team building or anyone in sales care about five things there's a system called kodok it's um, and all, I, I don't know who for like who came up with the system it's just uh, like a five-stage system for um motivating salespeople. it's like uh compensation opportunity development uh operations and culture right so the like the, the first two things that's so the first three things that all agents care about or any salespeople in general uh, compensation, like how much money can I make in this opportunity is the first question. What is the opportunity past that? Like, do I have the ability to build the team under your brand or do I end up suffering by myself forever? Um, development is like, do I have the ability to actually um, get trained by you? Like, do you have a pathway for me to be able to develop in the company under the brokerage and become possibly even a partner one day or something like that in, in some way, shape or form? Do you have the sales operations in place for me to be able to build a team under myself so I can actually get to that at the same time too? And then does your culture not suck, right? Like does the culture of the company not suck in some way, shape and form? Um, and if you're a smart broker journey, you could use those five key things because they're the five key things that all sales people care about. And you market either the things that people do that are shit and then how you're good at that, or you market the things that you guys that your guys are winning at but always use it in comparison to where they were prior to starting to do as well. Perfect. So let's talk. It helps quite a bit, man. So let's talk about the messaging. So you were just kind of getting into that a little bit. Um, you're, you're essentially, your goal is to take people from pain to pleasure. What other examples would you have on the messaging front? What should people be putting on their wall, essentially, or in their group? Uh, totally depends on who they're speaking to firstly, too, right? If it was to an agent, um, my first question is like, you want to speak to character and behavior and then what's going through their head that's keeping them up and also what they want their future to be. So as an example, right? If the, if, if the messaging of a, like if you're a great brokerage owner, you probably don't make your guys cold call. You probably actually help produce lead flow for them, right? And then they can cold call on top of that if they want, right? Um, for me, if I were running a brokerage, my call to action would be something to the effect of, are you fucking frustrated of having to cold call 150 people a day, whatever it is, right? Um, you know, to what end is that helping you in some way, shape, and form? Um, here is what we do with our agents. Like we essentially put them through a, a 12 week training that turns them into a sales sniper in the first place. And then we throw leads at them that actually have intent to actually do something and list a property or, or, or buy a property or something. Back to that. Um, so where most agents out there are struggling trying to get two people on the phone a month, our guys are getting two people on the phone a day because we're throwing people at them and then training them on how to actually produce the amount of money they want from that at the same time as well. Here is 98 examples of agents that we've had in the past that have done it that do really well. Um, and sorry to hear that you guys might be experiencing that right now too, but if you want to come join our team, come do that as well. 
And I'll just have like hundreds of variations of that for um, like an agent, if that makes sense. Hundreds of variations of that. Um, and then for BBC, which is, you know, trying to sell the property to the investors or whatever it is, right? Uh, I would be speaking to the fear of, is my house even going to sell or not? Right? Like, because mm-hmm. the fear is like, for, for, for a B2C guy, the, the fear is, is my house going to sell? Is it going to take a long time? Is it going to be um, a painful experience? Is it going to cost me a lot of money? Is there this? Is there that? But I wouldn't sugarcoat them at all. I would not, to B2C, I would not sugarcoat a fucking thing. I would be the complete equal and opposite of it. I would be so, so honest about all of it that their level of trust for you just skyrockets. I've got a buddy here in Australia. His, his name's Tom. Um, he's like the most negative real estate agent online that I know. But it's, he's not negative. He's just so, so honest about the market and its actual current position, if that makes sense. And he probably gets 12 referrals a week because of it. Right? Okay. Like this guy is crushing because he's looking at all the data and actually saying the legitimate truth about what's going on and not creating a um, a belief for someone that things are better when they're not. He's actually giving all the reasons why things are bad and how to leverage when things are bad, if that makes sense. Everyone who listens to our show knows Matt and I are passionate about obtaining financial freedom through real estate investing. We also know that everyone's situations and goals are different. And while there are programs out there that show you a path to financial freedom, many of these programs are just too cookie cutter and don't take your personality, situation, and desired outcome into account. Think about the number of times you have watched a guru online and tried to do the exact same thing as they did, but had nowhere near the same results. You are not alone. When I got started, I was continually paying for courses and getting only partial results until I discovered the path that made sense for me. And the results prove this. Most online course creators have let us in on their dirty secret that 90 to 95% of their students never complete their course and achieve their desired outcome. This is why we have opened up a few one-on-one coaching slots with Freedom Chasers Coaching, where you can get a plan to financial freedom that is completely customized to fit who you are and where you want to go And most importantly, how you want to get there, where you can get a plan to financial freedom that is completely customized to fit who you are, where you want to go and how you want to get there. The benefit of working with Matt and I is that we are interviewing between five and 20 successful people every single week. We have accumulated hundreds of seven figure strategies and gotten the inside scoop from these successful entrepreneurs. We are able to work with you to pick the strategy that will fit the best and then help you create the custom plan and steps to take you quickly into financial freedom. The fastest way between two points is a straight line. If you want to get rid of the many curves in the road that can make the journey longer and more costly, then go to coaching.freedomchaserspodcast.com and book a call with us and let's get you on a straight line path to freedom. Yeah, that makes sense. Sounds like your market might be a little bit different than the one out here because it's it's kind of the inverse problem. Sellers have all the leverage. We have very low inventory in the market right now. So as long as you price it within the realm of reason, it'll probably have multiple offers and sell very quickly. Um, sure. Cool. Um, let's talk about the posting cadence. So anybody trying to attract people to business, like how often should they be posting? What should be posted? Where should they be posting it? Uh, to business, I'll be posting daily. And if you're a brokerage, is that is that who we're speaking to right now? Brokerage owners. Um, you could take it in any way you want, whatever you think you could help the most. Because we have a lot of team leaders and brokerage owners as well as solo agents. So whoever you think you could help the most, I think. Right, so I'll I'll speak to, I'll speak to both sides then. For a brokerage owner who's trying to the my smartest move that I would probably do is realize that the person who will want to come and work for you wants to see a few different things. They want to they want to have a few different questions answered, right? They want to know how much money can I make. So you want to be talking about that a lot, right? How much money your current agent's making, and what are you doing for them at the same time? They want to know am I actually going to have a future with this company or this brokerage? If they can't see what future looks like, that's not going to be helpful to them all. And I'll give you two examples of that in a second as well. But then they also want to see what does the actual agent, from, like, sorry, the, the brokerage owner themselves, like what do they, what, 
hate the terminology of like stand for, stand against. But like at the end of the day, these brokerage, um, the people who join a brokerage typically want to join a brokerage at the end of the day because they trust that the person that they're going to work under can help them get to a place that they want to in their own, in their own life. Right. That, that, that's, that's kind of the idea behind it. If the brokerage is not sharing a quality of life and a, um, if they're not sharing a quality of life, the lifestyle and the values that they would want agents to actually come in, if you already have what and aspire to be, they immediately don't trust you. So, the, the, the cadence needs to be around the opportunity for them. So like how much money can they make? You can do that through stories or sharing um, the actual pathway to it. Like uh, an example of that is um, something we do a lot when we're trying to recruit team is like we, we, we talk about down by this is the activity and this is the expected money you can make within a, in, in a 90-day period, um, which just makes it so clear for them to understand how much they can actually uh, produce for themselves. And it gives them a level of expectation as to what, if they do X, then Y will happen, if that makes sense. So it makes it really easy for them to make decisions. Um, and then about the opportunity as well. So like, not only are you going to be able to make that much money in that period of time, but within six months, you can go from uh, like this position to promote to this position in some way, shape, or form at the same time too. So they can clearly see what that looks like. Um, they're probably the two biggest things they're going to give a shit about. The other thing you can probably put in is like some form of culture stuff, like actually sharing what the other agents are doing on a daily basis and having some fun with it at the same time as well. So they don't feel like they're going to be under a tyranny, if that makes sense, right? You want to really show them that where they're going to be is a, a, a genuinely, I don't know, fun, but it's like high performing might be a bit of terminology for um, the agent world. It wants to be high performing. Like they want to be around winners. Good agents don't want to be around fucking losers. They just don't, right? Um, so you want to, you, you want to share that you and the other people that are in the same place are all winners, right? And you also need to even share, like, cause th- this would make someone on the outside feel safe here and coming in that we cut the bottom 30% every 90 days. So, you know, the team is high performing, if that makes sense, right? Um, that would give the person who comes in, like they would almost feel in some way, shape and form, like they have to qualify to be a part of that team at the same time as well which naturally brings their own behavior habits and standards up at the same time too, which is a really cool thing to do if that makes sense, right? Um, in addition to that, um, you just want to share that you actually have a life outside of real estate too. The reason why this is important is because deep down, they might say they want to make a fuckload of money, but they also want to see that they have the ability to do that and still have a life outside of it as well. Maybe not in their really younger and earlier years. They might not give a shit about that, but they will, and they will want to trust you to be the person that can get them to a stage where in a year, you know, three or four years' time, they might be able to be in a position where they're not having to call 150 people a day every day if that makes sense, right? So they're going to want to see that you have been able to successfully get them to a point where they can be not the sole producer, but they might even have a team under them, an assistant, or even like a, a, a cold caller for them or something like that, if that's so how it's inclined to do so within the development pathway that you have for your company. Um, but they want to see that life is life would be worse not being with you than with you. Absolutely, man. So let's talk about team building and accountability then. I know you're big on, on, on that. So like, this is going to be right up your alley, man. So like, how would you approach holding your team accountable? Um, firstly, it's accountable to what, right? Like, um, if, if I actually think, cause I, I can speak to this very clearly as well. Um, I would say 90% of the issues that people have with salespeople and sales teams come from two really, 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 really core places. Number one is that the salesperson never knew very clearly what the expectation of them was. Number two is that once the expectation of them was laid out, they never had an answer to the question of how do I actually achieve that? 
So if they don't know what the, if they don't know what they're being measured against, and they don't have someone giving them a plan on how to achieve it at the same time as well, accountability is actually just the the the, the leader being a tyrant because they haven't actually given they're not leading if that makes sense, right? So as the example, right? If if, if you're going to bring in a um like a junior uh, real estate agent, somebody who's brand new, who's fresh, who's just coming into the brokerage, if that makes sense, right? They need to know two things. They need to know, number one, the, the, the first thing that every salesperson cares about is how do I get to six figures? That's the first thing they all care about, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and if, if, if you can very clearly articulate what is it that will, like how long will it take you to get to six figures in, 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 in reality? And what is it that you must not do and must do on a daily basis to be able to achieve that and break it down into like a literal daily checklist for them, if that makes sense, right? And then you can actually coach them to once a week, once a fortnight, whatever it is, you can you, you can very easily coach them because the numbers will be tracked and all the stuff to work out. Are they actually mimicking the habits and behaviors that are natural to succeed based on the numbers that you can see, if that makes sense, right? And then if they're not, it's you can hold them accountable, but it's uh, the first thing you want to do is actually not go into straight accountability. You want to go into um, behavior. You want to find out like one other. Okay, the, the 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 biggest thing I notice in people who are like low performance in sales is because their emotional health is not in check. Um, so you want to check to see like as a human, are they okay? And then the second one is like if they are okay, then what's going on about their habit and behavior that's preventing them from actually like reaching the benchmarks if that makes sense, right? Like were your um, expectations, KPIs, all sort of stuff actually um, congruent with what's possible or did you overshoot the mark like crazy? And it, are, are you the problem if that makes sense, right? See it happen a lot as well. Um, or is it that the person um, is having things that are preventing them from being able to do it. A, a really great example of this is like uh, we have appointments that is right now that um, prospect on Facebook and all that stuff, right? And you would know that you can get red dotted. You can get blocked on Facebook, right? You can't do that on call, but you can on Facebook. Um, mm-hmm. If you if you message too many people too quickly, like you get blocked and then you can't do any activity for the rest of the day, right? So mm-hmm. sometimes there is a thing that prevents them that you can't overcome, that they have to learn a new skill of being more efficient around doing it at the same time as well. So sometimes it's less accountability. It's more actually sitting with them and discovering why is this number the way this number is, if that makes sense. If it's just that they're lazy and the and the work ethic is not there, get them the fuck out. If their work ethic is there, they are coachable and they are looking to actually grant skills up on sort of stuff as well. It's not accountability at that point. It's helping them remove all the things that aren't like it's helping them remove all the things that are preventing them from actually succeeding. That's a very, very, very different uh, conversation. If that makes sense, right? Um, accountability can also look like, hey man, you could be doing better. Sometimes that's the whole conversation you need to have, right? Yeah. Um, a re- a really interesting example of this, right, is um. Uh, my stepson. 10 years old, amazing kid. We went ice skating. And, um, he was doing a lap, holding onto the side, scared for his life, right? It was taking him 30 minutes a lap, 28 to 30 minutes a lap. And um, his mother was like, it's all good. You're doing fine. Everything's great. You can do it. I'm just like, okay. I'm just like, I'm, I'm going to take a bit of a different approach. And I'm like, <laughs> I just want you to know that this is pretty poor form and you could be doing a lot better. And the next lap was six minutes. The lap after that was three minutes. All he needed to know was that someone else believed in him. That's all he needed to know. He needed to know that someone else believed in him enough that he could be able to take his hands off the rail and actually go all in if that makes sense, Right. A lot of the time, your salespeople are no different. They they put their own mental handbrake on because they're scared and they need someone to see what they can't see in themselves or confirm that they actually are good and doing more things right more often, if that makes sense. I've seen so many people who are in their heads so much that just one good 
um, one good instance and conversation around how good their character and behavior is, I see the results skyrocket because they started believing in themselves again. Yeah, for sure. So how do you know when somebody needs to be pushed in that sense? Or how do you know when they need to be told that everything is is good? You know, how, how do you know when they need to puff them up and how do you know when you need to push them a little bit? Um, you'll be able to see in the numbers immediately. Like, you, 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 like if, 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 the, if, if, if their habits and behaviors aren't on paper and tracked, to show that their work ethic is there, that's a different conversation. But if their work ethic is there on, on, on paper and they're in a slump of some sort, you can check, you, you, you can understand, no, how do I describe this? The first thing you want to do is find out like, how are they doing emotionally, if that makes sense? Because what I notice is when someone gets into a slump of some sort, because this is a different conversation, but I'll, I'll loop back in. When someone gets into a slump, um, nine times out of 10, it's not a skill thing. It's that they stopped eating good food and they stopped actually going to the gym or whatever it is because they were so um, obsessed about getting a listing, right? And because of that, they started deteriorating and started burning out. Give them three days off paid and they'll come back and start crushing, right? So assessing how their emotional health is is, is going to be huge. Um once you move past the emotional health thing, right? If you if you can then see that it's not an emotional health thing, it's actually them. Uh, a, it, it could possibly be a skill thing. They might need more training. Like um, you, you'll typically be able to find that out um, if when you go to re, uh, review something with someone that they get a little bit anxious about it. Like if you review something with someone and they're a little bit anxious about it, they're usually a little bit scared around their skills and they might need two weeks of training with you, if that makes sense, right? So it's less about accountability, more about training so they can actually feel confident in that area at the same time as well. Um, and then accountability is probably more where you're like cracking the whip, if that makes sense. It's more when mm -hmm. everyone's already doing well, right? There's actually, there's two, there's two things in accountability. Whenever, the, when everyone's already doing well and you can see more in them, it's it's accountability to cool. Let's stretch target. Let's lead you to that. And let's hold you accountable to the increased activity for the next period of time to be able to achieve the additional five listings this month or whatever it is. Um, and then the other side is when they need to be coached up or coached out, right? So it's a performance chat where their actual habits and behaviors aren't good. It's like find out why their habits and behaviors aren't good and find out is it because they're low skill or because they're actually not doing like they're, 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 they're showing signs of not good fit culturally, if that makes sense. And you have a conversation around, hey, man, like there's two parts here, right? We either coach you up or coach you out, essentially, right? Like that, that, that's kind of what's happening here, right? Um, which path would you rather take? Go back mm -hmm. <laughs> so, There you go. Um, the, the the more collaborative you can make in that context, because if 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 they even if if they flinch at the idea of up or out, they're out, right? If mm -hmm. it's a if if they if they recluse and go, no no I, I want to be coached up, it's just because they they feel ashamed and they're guilty of not being good enough. If that makes sense, everyone comes back to being a scared child when it comes to that. That's why emotional health is so important when it comes to the cells. It's actually cells EQ, not cells IQ, right? Um. They're probably the two biggest times to hold accountable, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to have to dive into this because you've talked about emotional health probably more than almost any other guest that we've had on here. So obviously, you care about the people that work with you. How do you define emotional health? And then let's dive a little bit deeper into sales EQ versus sales IQ, because I think there's probably a, a nugget of gold in there. Okay. If you if you have superstar sales teams that aren't performing nine times out of ten, it's because they are burnt out. Simple as that. Like, uh, well, it, it's either burnt out or something else has changed that they can't see. Um, this is okay, so assuming that the market's still good, assuming that um, lead flow is still good, assuming that activity is there, assuming all those things, right? 
Um, should you be in a position where you can see the result of dip, it's usually because they're not looking after themselves in some way, shape, or form, right? Um, a really easy way to insert this as a leader in your company is two of the, 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 the people on my team right now are paid to have the next five days off because they've done a really good job and I'm starting to notice that they're actually, like, they're, they're not in a slump of any sort, but they're about to get into one. So because I can see their past habits and behaviors, I said, cool, take five days off. I don't want you to do work, but I want you to think about work. I want you to think about how after those five days you can come back and you're, um, you can think about what winning has looked like in the past. How did you show up? What was your day-to-day activities? What, what was it that actually made you the most powerful and key performer that you can be? And the best way to think about this is like when you are doing really well, um, I, I, I lived in Vegas with the team for about three months at the beginning of the year. And I noticed every time that people's performance dipped, it's because they were not getting up in the morning, drinking like a liter of water to actually get hydrated and going for a walk or run or going to the gym, whatever it is, or, or, or not starting the day with good thoughts in their head. So another emotional health thing is like um, sales, is, it's, sales is more about like keeping yourself mentally okay than it is about skill a lot of the time. You can have really highly skilled people that get too smart and end up psyching themselves out a lot of the time as well. So the idea is you want to have more good thoughts going through their head than bad because like one bad thought will actually end up, you know, turns into a second and a third and a fourth and a fifth and a sixth. And then they go into like a, like a negative spiral, if that makes sense. If you're in a negative spiral, like I know myself, the second I get into a negative spiral or I start um, uh, grabbing foods out of um, – the second I go into negative spiral or I start grabbing foods that are unhealthy and shitty, I know I need a break. I know I need like a couple of days break because I'm, <laughs> I'm at burnout stage, if that makes sense. Um, and for your sales team, they're all the exact same. So knowing to make sure that they are focused on like their, their wins every day, like stacking wins is a huge thing. Every morning on our team huddles, like I, I, I make sure that everyone is there focused on their wins. But the way we do it is actually, um, I, I, I never talk about my own personal wins. I always talk about the wins that I see of the other people that are working with us. And I build a culture in our team of people who are focused on looking at other people's wins too. Because then you have, if you say go to t- a, a, a huddle with say seven or eight people or 10 people, you've then got three or four people in that team who might mention something about you that you couldn't see that you were doing well, which builds you back up again and speaks belief into how good you actually are that you might have lost within yourself and lost your own value at the same time as well. So that alone, having the reinforcement from yourself and external sources is so powerful because it gets you back into, oh shit, I'm actually pretty good at this, especially on the days when you feel like everything's going wrong, which is usually about 70% of the time in sales, (laughs) right? (laughs) Good point, man. <laughs> right. Ah, uh, good so, point. So, so this is where having your like your your own personal culture within yourself is to look for the wins on a daily basis every single day. I I, I probably I stop three times a day to write down three things that were highlights from the past six hours. Right. So I can actually go. Okay. Cool. This is good. This is good. This is good. This 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 helps us all progress towards where we're trying to go. Um. And I have the team do it as well. And I build a culture of being able to make sure that everyone else can see what everyone else is doing well. One, it builds a great culture within the team and actually people don't want to leave because of it. Two, it reminds you that you're pretty fucking good on the days that go bad. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that helps a lot with emotional health in the first place too. Then the other one is just like, dude, eat good, move more than you, you sit as well. Right? Like that, that, that's pretty important. And then just like take scheduled rest, a lot of scheduled rest. And the other one is don't stop learning. Like keep, yeah. keep learning, literally keep, keep learning, right? Like, um, I don't tend to, uh, how do, I, how do I describe this? I put a lot of podcasts on in the background of my day, not because I care to learn, but because I care to be reminded of things. And there might be just one small thing as I'm going through that reminds me of like, ah, oh, fuck it. Like this, this, this is where we're going. Well, this is what might need to change, whatever it is. Um, just having constant good, uh, reinforcement of like 
knowledge coming through at any point in time is going to be better than your own negative self-talk, which will happen quite a fair bit. Mm-hmm. And it can just bring you out or whatever it is at the same time too, right? So that like that's kind of the emotional the, the emotional health thing, if that makes sense. And like um, I spend a lot of time with my team, like finding like how are you at the moment? Like forget results for a second. How are you? Is everything is everything okay at home with the wife? How's the kids? How's the dog? Because all of that will affect performance in their day to day at the same time as well, right? If they're having a hard time at home or they're, they're trying to close in a property to themselves or whatever it is. And shit, it's, it's tough. It, there's a lot that happens. It's scary. It's this, it's that, right? Um, a lot of that can affect the day-to-day. And it's like, take the time to speak with them about it. Just like, hey, man, how are you feeling? What's going on? Is there anything that I can help with? Genuinely, like, because maybe someone in my network can help out in some way, shape, and form at the same time too, right? Um, mm-hmm. Like, internally, we do, we, we do training on tax. We do training on... Um, investing all, all these different things so that when they come they they know that all the things that would normally make someone scared or fearful right like half my money going to, to, to uncle sam or whatever it is right it's like no no you're good we got you covered mm-hmm. you'll know yeah you 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 you'll know how to prevent that because we'll train you on how to prevent that at the same time too if that makes sense right like so we try to have things in place that prevent the things that normally scare people from doing their work that's kind of the the, the way I, I sort of think through it Oh, I love the way you think through it, man. I mean, I wish I was talking about psychology the whole time, man, because I could talk about this all day, brother. Um, you're obviously clearly very compassionate about the people you work with. Like if anybody out there wanted some assistance with their offer making, marketing, or anything of that source, what would be the best way for them to get in touch with you, brother? Uh, I would say my Facebook profile. So uh, just Chris Morrison on Facebook um, would be, I'm happy to, to share a link or whatever it is at the same time too. It's, it's a weird, I think it's chris.m.96 on, on Facebook, whatever it is. Um, or, or, or Instagram is probably going to be fa- fairly useful now too. So it's uh, the, T-H-E, so like the Chris and then E-M, the Chris M on Instagram as well. Um, they're probably the two best places because for real estate agents, I don't think our group would be that helpful for right now because mm-hmm. it's mainly focused on um, lead generation businesses, if that makes sense, or, 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 or consulting, if that makes sense. Um, however, the stuff I post on my personal profiles will be really helpful, I think. Absolutely, man. 100% agreed with that. I, I check out your stuff all the time still. So keep up the good work, man. Um, thank you again for giving us a glimpse into your life and into your business, Chris. And to those of you out there chasing freedom, freedom is accomplished one action at a time. So go out there and to commit to taking some actions from this episode at a bare minimum Look for the wins that you get every single day and tell yourself what they are. Tell somebody you know that will help hold you accountable. And before you know, you too will be living a life of freedom. Thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you on the next one. Please like, comment, share, and subscribe. Engagement is like gold to us. We can't do what we're doing without it. Reviews and subscriptions, particularly on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube are worth more than money. So please do what you can to support the show. 